Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The numbers of Canadians who are not receiving the health care that they need and they deserve. And without the pandemic, they would have received. And that includes cancer patients. And uh, Bladder Cancer Month is May, and bladder cancer is one of the most prevalent cancers in this country. And uh, like so many other cancers and heart disease issues, um, it's going undiagnosed and not properly treated because the healthcare focus is on the COVID virus. So what's the result going to be? What's the effect on cancer patients now? And uh, I've heard from a number of people who are living with cancer and whose treatment has been affected by the pandemic. They've sent me emails. They prefer not to go on the air, but very... uh, um, disturbing, honestly, uh, emails to read. We're, we're joined by Dr. Kala Shridhar. She's a medical oncologist, bladder cancer specialist at Princess Margaret Cancer Center in Toronto. And uh, Dr. Shridhar, thank you very much for taking the time. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Are uh, cancer patients, bladder cancer patients, fighting for their lives and not receiving the medical care they would be receiving were we not involved in the COVID-19 pandemic? So, I mean, I think we have to start by recognizing that the pandemic has had an incredible impact on the healthcare system at many levels, and it's really unprecedented times. And I think the healthcare system is really doing everything that it can. I mean, we're not really expecting this to happen, right? So, um, and I think that's, that's bound to have impacts all over the place, right? Um, and I think that, you know, it's important for um, your listeners to remember that we as physicians are there for them. And if they have symptoms, especially when it comes to bladder cancer, such as having blood in their urine or pain on urination, um, those type of things, that they do need to seek medical attention. Uh, I know from a number of the patients I've spoken to that there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear of coming in for tests, a lot of fear of leaving their homes. And I think it's really important that people do respond to the symptoms that they have so that they can get their diagnoses in a timely manner. Are people receiving their diagnosis in a timely manner at this particular time? That's a good question. I mean, I think so. I tend to deal with patients who um, already had their diagnosis, and as a as an oncologist, that gives systemic treatment to them. That means chemotherapy often, and that has not really missed a beat in the sense that our giving of chemotherapy or treating patients once they come to us has not really been um, impacted. I would say over the last year and a half, and I'm and I'm really sort of positive about that. Um, I think our clinical trials and new treatments have also continued despite the pandemic, despite all the challenges. So I think that's been that's been a very positive positive thing um, over the last year and a half. And we, of course, didn't know where things would go when, when this all started. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, cancer, bladder cancer itself, um, mm-hmm. how, how, how serious uh, cancer is, is bladder cancer and how prevalent is it? And is, is it increasing in, in, uh, in, in prevalence in this country? Yeah, sure. To, so to answer your question, bladder cancer is the fifth most common cancer in Canada. So it's not a rare cancer. Um, annually, there are about 12,000 new cases and about 2,600 patients sadly die of this disease. And one of the problems with this cancer is that it has a high risk of recurrence, which means it can be removed and then it finds its way back again, which is really quite frustrating. 
As I mentioned, the most common symptom is blood in the urine. Other symptoms include urgency to go to the washroom, pain in the abdomen or the lower back. Um, those types of symptoms can herald uh, that uh, bladder cancer, that, that a patient may have bladder cancer. So again, it's really important that these symptoms, patients are aware of these symptoms so they can see their doctor if that happens. Um, I think we're doing better with this disease than we did before in patients with more advanced disease. We started to see some new treatments come into play, and I think that's also very, very positive. Mm. Uh, there are the normal times, mm-hmm. which we it just seems so long ago that we could count on things progressing as they should, as we expected them to. And now we're in into uh, into uh, year two of mm-hmm. this COVID pandemic. So, what is the mental health impact that you're seeing on a person knowing he or she is battling cancer? And you treat more than bladder cancer, but it may is right. bladder cancer month. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the mental health impact on a person knowing he or she is battling cancer, but facing delays in either seeing an oncologist, delays in treatment? And knowing that the cancer may well be advancing or returning, as you just pointed out, what's the what's the mental mental health impact on your patients? Yeah, I think there's been a, a major mental health uh, impact, and I would push and say not just on patients, but on physicians and on everybody. Um, the pandemic has created a lot of fear for people, um, and some of that fear has stopped them from coming in for treatments. Right, and and one of the ways that we've addressed that is by doing video visits or phone visits. And I would say that, you know, many hospitals have very quickly come on board with that type of an approach, right, where, where patients can get the care um, sort of without having to necessarily come into the hospital all the time. And then they can get brought in if they have a problem that needs to be dealt with. Um, and, I, and I think that now more than ever, there's a real need for family and friends and other supports like, such as Bladder Cancer Canada, for example, to come in and, and really be there for the patients. Because what I'm hearing in my clinic is that, you know, they really don't like coming to appointments by themselves, right? They like having another pair of ears and eyes to come here. And, and that's a re- that's been a really, really big challenge. And when patients are admitted to hospital, they're often very alone. Again, they're trying to reduce the foot traffic in the hospital and reduce the risk of COVID transmission. So, so that's also very difficult. And so there are a lot of iPads, a lot of phones, but, but it really, really speaks to the fact that, you know, people need to reach out to their friends, to their family, and, and vice versa, right? The friends and family need to yeah. come around and support these patients. Because not only are they facing their own cancer, their own diagnosis, their own treatment, but also the fear of, what if they get COVID? You know, can they get their treatments if they get COVID? Do you what find do you find that that some people who fear they may have symptoms of bladder cancer or other cancers will not come to the hospital, will not present with symptoms yeah. because they fear they may contract COVID in a hospital setting? Yeah, absolutely. So I spoke to a lot of patients um, who, who just were overjoyed that it was a phone appointment you know, really happy that they could talk to me, but didn't want to leave the comfort or the safety of their home. I heard that a lot during the early parts of the pandemic. And I think that was a real, you know, that was, you could feel the, the fear. It was palpable. Um, and I think that potentially could, could delay people, you know, things being found, right? Because you're not, they're not leaving their home. Mm-hmm. Um, with the vaccinations coming up, um, that's, that's getting better. You know, patients are saying, well, I've had my two vaccinations. Sure, I'll come in and see you. I'll come and get a scan. I'll come and get, you know, my blood work done. That's that's a positive step I've seen over the last, you know, few weeks to months. 
Are cancer patients, and this is a tough question, but it's one that needs to be asked, mm-hmm. are cancer patients dying because they cannot receive the treatment they require in a timely manner right now? Um, I, I think it's it's obviously a very difficult um, time uh, for everybody in the system right now, in part because there's more people accessing the healthcare system overall. Um, treatments have had to be, in some cases, delayed to ensure the system is not overwhelmed. And, and I, I think it creates a lot of challenges that the healthcare system is really working tirelessly to address some of the ongoing... You know, I, I understand that, right? Dr. Sridhar, but yeah. our, you know, uh, years ago I had a very serious heart condition. All well, all perfect, all working tickety-boo right now, mm-hmm. and has been for more than 20 years. But 20 years ago, it was a very serious situation I found myself in. And I found, I'm talking to doctors, cardiologists, heart surgeons, mm-hmm. you name it. And I, was, and, I, and I heard about people who were dying on wait lists, people who were dying because they couldn't get the treatment they required. That was in a time without a, without a pandemic. So the, a question that is being asked time and again is this. Mm-hmm. Are people, in fact, dying? because of COVID, because of the pandemic, and because they can't get the treatment they would otherwise receive? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one, right? I think I would like to hope that there is none of that happening, but I don't know that that's always the case, right? So I think that, you know, we really need to continue to push to ensure people have access to new and effective and treatments that are going to, demand, uh, you know, address their their cancers, right? So mm-hmm. I think we have to keep pushing in that direction and ensure that people um, are um, coming into the system, being of seen course. like the emergency rooms are still open. I mean, I think that's the important point, right? Yeah. The physicians are still working. No one has stopped. And in fact, people are maybe working even more than before. But it is really, really important that maybe even more so that, that patients do know that, like for your listeners, that patients do go to the doctor. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back. If you if there is a problem, if they're worried about something, you know, get it addressed. Get it, get it, because that's that's a major major component of it, right? So once you're in the system, you know, the hope is that as you know the vaccines go uh, up and things are things are getting safer and the system is getting more open as the COVID cases go down, that that things are going to be falling into line quickly. That would be my hope you know, to, to ensure that we, yeah. we, we help. No, I don't. I, I understand how difficult, yeah. I think I understand how difficult your job is, yeah. your work is, and what you do, and uh, you deal with emotions, you deal with health, you deal with the reality of cancer, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a pretty difficult tri- triumvirate. Let me ask you some questions about this, uh, about bladder cancer. Fifth most common in, in Canada, uh, you tell us, Dr. Sudhar, how difficult is it to diagnose? So the diagnosis often consists, it's, it often consists of a urine sample, right? So that's often the first step where we look for blood in the urine. And then if there is blood, then the patient will often get seen by a urologist who will do a cystoscopy, which is putting a little camera up and looking around the bladder for evidence of a, of, of a tumor within the bladder. So that's often the first and early stages of uh, diagnosis of bladder cancer. And then certainly patients may have scans to look for whether the disease has spread outside of the bladder to other organs, like the lung or the bone or something like that. And and you said that it, it does uh, recur. And does it does this cancer easily metastasize? Uh, you know, once the cancer has 
spread through the wall of the bladder, the risk of it metastasizing to other places is about 50%. And so that's why we give these patients chemotherapy to try to um, go and you know kill these little cancer cells before they have a chance to metastasize. And in patients whose disease has metastasized already, Currently, it remains an incurable disease, but we do have treatments, including new treatments that have entered the treatment paradigm for, for these cancers. So chemotherapy has been an important part of this treatment approach. Immunotherapy is now coming in as well, a way of teaching the body to recognize and attack the cancers. Now, this doesn't work in everybody, but it is a new and a different way of treating the cancer. And then targeted therapy, where we try to understand what's driving the cancer and then targeting specifically whatever is the driver of the cancer. So those are called targeted therapy. So we've seen um, in the last year uh, some positive developments in the field. We've, we've found a, a new immunotherapy that's just been Health Canada approved for patients who have a good response to chemotherapy up front, it tries to maintain that response, so keep the patients from, from having their disease progressing. And there's been an urgent unmet need in this setting, and it's recently, recently been recommended for reimbursement as well, which means that you know it'll be a funded treatment in Canada, which is a huge step forward for, yeah. for our patients. You know, it's interesting. Here we are talking about cancer, bladder cancer, and other mm-hmm. cancers. Uh, and, and it reminds me of just where we are in our current um, development our customer, our current history, if you will, with the pandemic, because we would occasionally, we would do programs, we talk about specific health issues. Cancer would always be close to the top of the list because there's hardly anybody in this country who doesn't have some level of familiarity with cancer, whether it's themselves, a family member, a friend, mm-hmm. just almost everyone has had an experience with cancer. And and it's all, everything's been pushed to the side because, because of COVID. Um, your message again to people who may have symptoms and understand what the symptoms are and what understand what the symptoms may may and i say may yeah. indicate but are afraid to go forward now are afraid to go to the hospital afraid to go to the family doctor afraid to report symptoms because they're afraid of covid what again is your message to them so my message is very clear go get checked out if you see blood in your urine Go get checked out early because the earlier you're diagnosed, you know, we know patients who are diagnosed early often, but not always, have a better outcome. So, so it's really, really critical that you take that, um, that those signs, those symptoms, take them seriously, go see your doctor, you know, and, uh, and, and really get checked out. I think it's really, really critical. Um, the hospitals are doing everything they can to keep it as safe as possible. There's a lot of screening at the door, you know, um, and so, so I think that it's really, really important that you take their own health into, into consideration. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.